Blog Talk Radio. Paul Lawrence Van hosts the Wealthy Speaker Talk Radio Show, an exciting and entertaining show. Listeners, fans, and followers are inspired, motivated, and discover strategies that assist them in improving their personal and professional life. Tune in, listen in, and phone in with questions. Encourage your family, friends, and colleagues to tune in as well. Tune in, listen in, and call in with questions at 516-453-9480 and or join Paul and guest experts in the web chat room, www.blogtalkradio.com slash Van. We look forward to you joining us for another amazing episode of the Wealthy Speaker Radio Show. And good day, everyone. I don't know where you are, but here in the nation's capital, it is absolutely beautiful. Welcome to this episode of the Wealthy Speaker Show. And we have an amazing guest expert today by the name of Ali Akil, and he is the co-founder of Public Block, and he's the chief vision officer on economic growth. And he's going to talk to us about that a bit today. But before I go through his bio, I want to introduce him. Ali, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing well. How are you today, Paul? I'm doing great, doing great, and glad to have you today. I'm going to read Ali's background for you, a bio for you, short bio, so you can get to know a little bit more about him. And first of all, I want to thank him for his service. He's a U.S. Army veteran, and I want to extend that to him because freedom is not free. And uh, today he's going to be talking about how he's going to accelerate economic growth through enterprise software solutions. And they have a a fantastic, Public Block has a fantastic innovative platform that leverages blockchain and AI technology to raise capital and secure payments for infrastructure-related projects around the world. He's also serves on the National Small Business Association Leadership Council and the Small Business Technology Council. And without further ado, again, I welcome Ali Akil. Welcome, and we're glad to have you on this episode of the Wealthy Speaker Show. Thank you, Paul. Thanks, thanks for uh, welcoming me. Um, I really All appreciate right. it. And, uh... Fantastic. So let's learn a little bit more about you, Ali. And I know I provide the bio, but I know there's much more to you than that bio. So exactly who is Ali Akil? Uh, well, I think I'm like most people. I'm a layer cake. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I'm just a guy. Honestly, I'm just a, a kid from Cleveland, Ohio, um, mm-hmm. that had a uh, hard upbringing. You know, I grew up in uh, East Side Cleveland um, housing projects, and uh-huh. um, kind of um, I'm not like normal guys in Cleveland because I kind of moved around a lot. So I didn't stay in one neighborhood, so I got to experience a lot and learn a lot and constantly have to adapt and and transform myself in every um, environment that I went in. So it it made me, um, I would say, a a listener, right, to the the world Mm -hmm. and um, having to learn from other people's uh, uh, pain pain points, um, put myself in their shoes, and you have to learn that very young. So, you know, and that along the side with the blue collar mentality uh, kind of propelled me to where I'm at right now. 
Um, I, I became a serial reader in high school. Um, and then that was kind of by accident. Um, and by me learning a lot, uh, it made me wanted to focus on something that I didn't have in my community, which was leadership. Um, there was probably leadership from a political perspective. There may have been a, a, a view from uh, leadership from a uh, religious perspective, but I didn't see, uh, you know, during my time when I grew up in the 90s and early 2000s, I didn't see any leaders in my community. I read about them, I heard about them, but I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't see them, you know, and exactly. um, that made me go on the path I'm at now. Oh, that's fantastic. And, of course, I've been to the great city of Cleveland. have a good friend up there by the name of George Frazier, and he does power networking and economic development also. And uh, just mm-hmm. a phenomenal city, and as you stated, a blue-collar, hard-working uh, place. And uh, I had a great time when I was, I was there. Of course, I, I lived in Ohio for almost four, four years. I was stationed at Wright-Patterson in Dayton, Ohio. So oh, wow. I have familiarity. Yeah, I have familiarity with Dayton, with um, with Cleveland, and of course with Columbus. So I know that you're good people. So that's a great, great start. So mm-hmm. um, let's so let's talk. I want to talk a little bit more about what you were saying that you got into reading because reading is so important. How did get getting into reading kind of transform you from that perspective of leadership or as a part of your life? Well. So when I was a kid, my mom, used, my mom, um, you know, all the kids in the housing projects went to one school. My mom decided that uh, I wasn't going to uh, go with the rest of the kids. She just wanted more for me. And uh, we wasn't familiar. Back in the day, they had actual school vouchers. And who parents who were um, astute enough sent their kids to, like, Catholic schools or whatever. I didn't, My mother right. wasn't aware of that. She was a young parent. But she did know that she wanted more for a child. So she sent me. I had to actually walk to school in the wintertime and everything by myself. Uh, and uh, I went to a magnet school, um, and oh, it was uh, Valley View Magnet School. And back then uh-huh. it was actually called a computer uh, computer, uh, computer magnet school because uh, we were initially introduced to uh, computers in um, um, kindergarten, right? So every wow. aspect Fair of enough. our learning – yeah, every aspect of our learning involved computers, right? And this was only this 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 school only went up to the second grade. After that, my education was uh, on what I uh, was pretty much um, uh, pretty much with everybody else. So I didn't really learn anything. I just pretty much uh, uh, stayed, you know, stayed stayed uh, stayed at par. But when we did what we learned at the computer school is that they wanted us to do. Uh, you know, they made it very active, like, okay, you go to a computer station and they say a cat, right? And you have to write a mm-hmm. sentence or two about a cat. Then they give us assignments right. to go home and say, you know, create create something, um, you know, about an imaginary world. So what they really did was activate and stimulate kids' imaginations, right? Yeah, um, I have papers nice. now where it's saying, yeah, I have papers now that I look back, my mom had, and it had a strategy for life, like where you want to be for this process, or where you want to, and it all around activated and stimulated kids' imaginations. But we were getting a process and a format of actually how to strategize of where you wanted to uh, build, right? And based off of that, I pretty much 
did everything I said I wanted to do, right? I went to the, wow, you know, I went, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's how, I, you know, I, I'm a very big proponent of early childhood education. I think without that, I wouldn't be where I am right now. Um, Absolutely. And that early, those early things that I learned when I got to high school and I took things serious and I started learning about black history and learning about financial history sure. and religion and all those things. Uh-huh. It made me understand that you know I I I I needed to be a leader because um, absolutely most people didn't have that instilled in. Yep. Mm-hmm. That that is a- absolutely wonderful, and to me that brings it full circle with what you're doing with technology today as well. So, and that's why I wanted to listeners to hear that. So, thank you very mm-hmm. much for sharing it. Now, uh, what is the essential technology, and how does it serve your ideal client with Public Block? So, Public Block is just a software uh, or SaaS, a software as a service technology company. Um, we we were founded on just the premise of, you know, accelerating economic development around the world. Um, and how we got into it is that my co-founder and myself met as a uh, blockchain uh, conference in D.C. And, okay. um, yeah, and we were only like, it was only like five actual black guys in the entire room. It was a thousand people in the room. It was only five black guys. And we <laughs> seen each other and we, you know, we, yeah, uh, we, we just said, okay, let's, let's, yeah. And we, and we, and we hit it off. We found out like we were long lost brothers or something. And uh-huh. within, uh, within six weeks of, or eight weeks of after a meeting, we wrote down a, a straight business plan and we got on a plane and we flew to Ghana and we presented our, our idea to the, the, the deputy minister of finance at that time, you know, um, and we probably didn't got the deal done if we met with the president, but we didn't get the chance to on that trip. We didn't have enough time. So, uh, sure. We we set out to actually build, you know, we looked at what's the problems in the world, right? I served in the military. Um, I've seen a lot of things that's going on in my community. And the things that we learned is that most people don't have the tools to be successful, right? And you have a lot of, you have a lot of software and tool, and, and solutions out there that don't really do anything. They They really just take from people. They don't help people sure. build up their, you know, they don't help people build up their lives or build up their businesses. So we did a basic economic analysis, and we said small, medium enterprises um, in the U.S. and around the world are going to be really highly dependent on um, things around construction and real estate. Um, this is where the real wealth um, is going to be created. Um, oh, sure. You know, you know, if you, if you look in the U.S. right now, we have probably a deficit of over three to four trillion dollars in infrastructure development we need. Okay, my right. my question to my partner says, how many how many millionaires or billionaires are going to be created from that? Okay, what are people currently using to manage their business or to grow their business? And we said, oh, they're using Microsoft Excel. That's, or they're using QuickBooks, right, to manage and grow their business. That doesn't help you, you know, if you can manage that for a million dollars. You know, you can manage that for a million dollars, but do you have anything to help you grow your business? And that's what we created. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what we created. 
And um, we've we um, the technology really serves small medium enterprises. Um, it really helps them uh, manage their pro. It's an all encompassing project management uh, software that yeah. uh, you know focuses on the program management, the financial accounting aspects of it, and then it, it focuses on compliance. Right, that's another thing that folks get in trouble with. Um, is that, you know, you can get into a litigation issue. We Im- embedded our blockchain technology in there to show, like, if you submitted something, it has been approved and written off by somebody, right? So when contractor exactly. A submits something to the bigger contractor, you know, they usually try to say, oh, well, I didn't get anything. Well, now in our system, all the documents are shared. Everything flows. You can see who's using, who approved. Um, you know, who was responsible very for that. So very transparent. That's the key, transparency. So yeah. our goal is to just, you know, you know, if you get into an issue where you need bonding or anything, you can use this as a frame of reference and say, hey, I've done very well. I had no no cases against me. I completed everything at, you know, at the best rate. And you can see it on these jobs I worked on. And that we feel that will help, you know, small medium enterprises and you know, black uh black enterprises, Latino enterprises, sure. uh folks that that's looking to grow in this this world, um, and to face certain kind of uh perceptual prejudices that's built into, you know, um the the world that we live in, that now they have something that they can stand on as a foundation. So that's what we built. Oh, that's fantastic, and you are so right about the infrastructure deficit that we had. And what I really don't understand is that the U.S. House representative, where I used to work, they actually have a bill. They're waiting on the Senate, but the Senate won't take it up. As as bridges mm-hmm. uh, are collapsing, as roadways are, are torn apart, as buildings are caving in, as streets as well. And it really just doesn't make sense that it's not being addressed. But uh, with your system and you have the acquisition management, it's kind of how I defined it. You know, from my experience, I did a lot of acquisition work. And so you're mm-hmm. capturing everything in there, the program management, the finance. I worked on the finance side, and then you have the compliance, being able, someone to be able to not only perform the contract on schedule, but within the budget as well. Mm. So uh, so that that's really uh, yeah. amazing. And, and hopefully in the next, uh, maybe starting next year, we get some new leadership in there. We'll be able to get an infrastructure bill in there that will pass, and, and we can uh, do more with uh, public block there. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I looked at it as, okay, we, we're going through a COVID crisis, you know. Yeah. Um, and how Silver rights crisis. Civil rights yeah. crisis. Uh, yeah. We have any... Uh, uh, economic crisis, you know, and how do you get and we're in a recession? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. We have a lot of things and going on, so I'm like, yeah. How do we? How do we? How do we put these people back to work? You know, and um, you know, a lot of these things, you know, it's going to go into some of it might be going to high yielding or some some aspects of manufacturing. Um, sure. But you know, there's there's a lot of work to be done where we can build our country back up. And uh, put people back to work, and and give people some middle class actual jobs, you know. So uh, oh, sure. we're just good paying jobs. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, thank you. For, yeah. Thank you for providing that that content because I know a lot of people are not even aware of that. Oh yeah, I mean we. So let's say I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, right? Uh-huh. Cleveland tax base. When you look at it, Cleveland tax base is really they get. You know, most corporations don't pay taxes. Okay, fine. But most most cities like Cleveland, I, I look at it as a barometer of what's what's wrong with the country, and most of it is you know the city get their taxes off restaurant taxes and hospitality. I mean hotels, right? Sure. However, yeah. or, you know yeah. we we have you know we have an issue where you know you're not able to train or put people back to work because most of them work in the hospitality, right? But however. There's a lot of work that needs to be done in Cleveland. I mean, the streets are bumpy and beat up. You know, the bridges are sure. beat up. Wintertime. You know, yeah, wintertime in Ohio. Wintertime. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff that we can do, you know. There's a number of schools that need to be rebuilt, you know, um, mm-hmm. that can bring Wi-Fi into the classrooms. So, sure. I mean, that can put, you know, that can actually, you know, when you look at it uh, from an aspect of real estate and construction, it's the second biggest, it's the second biggest, uh, Let's put it this in this perspective. It's the second biggest uh, uh, industry besides financial, right? And yeah. when you put a multiplier, when you put a multiplier from like agents to building to all the little, you know, components, you know, you're talking about a a quarter of a, a trillion dollars, right? Industries that you're, sure. you're, you know, that people are not really realizing how big and powerful that is. So, um, you know, um, we we feel that, you know, building these solutions will help people, you know, not only in Cleveland, Ohio, but it will help people, you know, when we think global, you know, when we think about, you know, some helping people, you know, create clean water and purification oh, yeah. systems, you know, in, in some sub-Saharan African countries, that's a problem, sure. you know. Um, you know, how is. do we, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what we're building. Okay, fantastic. Now, Ollie, as we mentioned before, we know we have this impact with COVID-19. And mm-hmm. how and it's had an impact on both businesses and the people that operate them. What are some of the biggest challenges you're facing or you have faced and how have you been able to overcome them here in this COVID-19? Mm-hmm. Initially, Paul, I mean, when COVID hit, to be honest with you, I mean, I was like most people, like, what the hell are we going to do? You know, just to be honest. Uh, (laughs) Me too. (laughs) (laughs) We we weren't ready for that. We didn't see that one coming. We didn't see that one. Not at all. Not at all. I I mean, I was planning for my my thing for this year. I said, oh, the big thing is going to be a hack, you know, this year. Right? I didn't Uh – I I knew – I've seen the tea leaves going on in China, you know, and uh-huh. uh, and um, but I didn't when it when it actually hit here. Uh, we were just trying to rapidly get a use case out for our business, right? Sure. Um, uh-huh. And what happened is like once once COVID came, when we were scheduled to do a project with this guy, uh, he said, you know, we're wrapping up. We can't we can't move forward on the project, you know. And mm-hmm. that that was you know that was something that we've been working on you know building momentum, and it was kind of you know it was a kick in the gut, but naturally what you know what what I told my team is okay now we have to look at okay look more broadly at how you know where are the real opportunities lie, and you know we adjusted um, 
we got into, you know, we committed even more to developing our services, but we then looked to, you know, go to additional services, right? So what we end up doing there is actually creating our, working on our second product, which is focused on supply chain and logistics. We've seen that, that, you know, there was an inability, you know, to identify where products are, where your current inventory is, um, have the ability to uh, distribute those. Um, and there is just a lot of linkages that's broken in our system just because we have, uh, you know, a just-in-time economy, right? Um, and just-in-time doesn't leave any slack, right? Doesn't leave any slack into the system. Um and, you know, inherently that makes sense. But when you start thinking about medical supplies, you start thinking about your food supply, you start thinking Absolutely. about all the essential things that matter, you say, hey, this just-in-time thing doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, we, everybody has yeah. certifications. Everybody has, you know, their black belts. You know, this is this is fully uh-huh. embedded into our our culture, right, and our learning. And, you know, for us, we said, okay, this this actually presents an opportunity. Um, we, so right now we're working on a second product, um, which is called Supply Blocks, and it focuses primarily on, on uh, you know, making sure that, you know, we can um, seamlessly um, move product um, through our system. And, you, you know, for, you know, we've seen within the PPE space, you know, there's a number of vendors that you cannot verify, you know, that they are actually a good vendor or not. Um, you know, it's just giving people more control of their supply chain system. So, yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's our second product and focus. Um, yeah, I, I did hear also, about a certain some, yeah, I heard about a certain someone who uh, had left the White House, and a week later they started a business, and they were actually selling the PPE equipment, a huge multimillion-dollar contract, and the PPE products they offered were to Native Americans, and they were insufficient. In other words, the product they had w- could not help them when they wear the mask in addition to social distancing, in addition to washing their hands, et cetera. So that's part of the problem, being able to verify someone who's actually delivered a product that will uh, assist people who, who, who need it the most. Yeah. Yeah, I think where we at is like we're looking at it from the aspect of from source to to consumer, right? And how do you track that? Mm-hmm. Yep. So let's say you get a product. For instance, uh, NASA orders, you know, some metal, some some metal. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, they they they're ordering everything, and then the source of the material is coming from China, right? However, right. when they go do a, a rocket launch, that 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 metal that they ordered doesn't live up to it, it doesn't have the same quality of standard now Correct. so how do you how do you verify that that's a problem right that's a national security issue sure. now, right or even yeah. even when you get into your medical supplies right all that stuff becomes okay did they cheap it out did they use the right ingredients or are we getting the same material that we say right then it becomes a public Correct. health and safety issue right so mm-hmm. I think people have been looking at this issue for a number of years, but they didn't. They don't know anybody that's uh, bold enough to go out, go at, go after it. And sure. we took, we took, you know, Paul, we took aspects of our current technology stack, 
and we yeah. just, you know, we we applied it to, you know, the the problem, <laughs> you know. So that's mm-hmm. uh, that's where we at with that. Yeah. Oh, fantastic, <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, Ali, how will Public Block help society in a post-COVID world? Because we're still people still making their shifts. They're repositioning. Businesses are just opening up. And how is Public Block going to help society in a post-COVID world, one that is being defined as we speak? Hmm. Well, I think so. We're, you know, we're we are we're product-driven guys, you know. Um, mm-hmm. and we're, I say we we're solutionists. <laughs> so if sure. there's a problem, we can find a we can find a solution for. <laughs> Find a find a solution uh-huh. for you. Um, what Public Block does is that we don't have an issue with the ability to help customers. What we had, what we seen the issue um, is just having access to capital. Like most uh, black startups, you know, um, uh-huh. our issue from the beginning was that we just couldn't go in and do it with a pitch deck, and um, um, you know, we couldn't come in with a pitch deck and raise capital like some of our counterparts. We have to do, uh-huh. you know, the, the goalpost was moved for us, right? So exactly. we have to go build a product, you know, um, and, and, and then it, then it and be like, oh, you don't no longer need a product. You need to build a product and show customers and generate revenue. And then at that point, it's like, what do we need your money for, right? We did it right. all on our own. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, we did it all on our own. So in a post-COVID world, how we're going to help is actually, you know, voice some of those concerns, bring highlight some of that, saying, hey, you guys have a a, 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 a innovative small company. There's a million of us out there like us, and you know we're not actually looking at the part of our aspect of our communities that's going to bring bring the real value to America. I think sure. the African American community, you know. Um, you know, let's say it, let's be frank, black culture is, you know, uh, is America's uh, number one export, you know, it's it's surpassed America. It it has surpassed America's number used to be number one export, which was uh, the American dream. Now, you know, you know, Facebook and all these other, you know, all these other platforms have built their revenue model and streams off of uh, African-American culture. However, yeah. what we haven't seen is, you know, you know, Black American culture having ability to expand in terms of business opportunities, right? And what we're going to do in Public Block is just show, okay, this is a, a innovative com- uh, uh, company that's working on real technology that's solving real solutions. How, you know, we're we we look and they're bringing value to our country. They're creating money. We need to invest more. Right, yeah. and the highlight yeah. of my experience and my my co-founders' experiences. That's how we're going to help you know heal part of America and grow America, right? Because you're looking at the most undervalued uh, asset in America right now, right? And if we don't sure. even have a, we have less than a, uh, a probably three percent penetration into corporate America, or you know we have a less than one percent. Um, investment into you know black startups what what would happen if we you know invest 10 percent? how much how much would that yeah yeah how much would that actually Mm -hmm. yield paul like realistically how much would that yield in terms of returns right because we do more we know historically to do more with less 
we're known to uh, be more, you know, resourceful than more most, mm-hmm. you know. So what, you know, what would that actually look? Yeah, yeah. So that's what we we're pushing. The second thing that we're looking at is like immediately, immediately we're working with a, a another group. We just got a, a license where we're uh, we're selling related to COVID products, and these are more or less on the cleaning side. So when you enter yeah. a facility, you know you got to get people back to work, and that's the that's the biggest thing. There's going to be some aspects where there's remote working. But if you come into a facility or you get onto an airplane, there's a number of security uh, issues I see because you don't know who has the virus, right, or whatever virus. Exactly. So we yeah. we found a found a gentleman who has um, um, created a product that basically is a cleaning chamber. You, when you walk into the you, you walk in, it's no different than you going through a metal detector. Now okay. it scans. Uh-huh. It, it basically it, it takes your scan of your your, your temperature. And it also, you know, um, it, it, it disinfects you. So basically it disinfects your clothing. So if you have any virus particles on you or anything, it can clearly disinfect it. it. And it takes a, and then it, it basically, um, it takes a scan of your temperature. So for places like, you know, we look at businesses like, yep. like if you were, yeah, if you, have, if you go into a gym, right, you got to show yep. your ID anyway, right? You're already in the right. system. So it's not really a big issue, and they're taking your temperature as you go into the gym. It brings some type of security and, um, you know, a feeling of, okay, relief to people that I can exercise comfortably next to another person, you know, is better than just doing a temperature yeah. check. Uh, the, sure. the next the next place we're looking at is, like, large buildings or hotels that need to mm-hmm. ensure, you know, like, oh, the guest was already, they had their temperature checked. They had all these things. The virus didn't originate from our facilities, right? We see that as a another stepping stone, um, and then lastly, we we see um, lastly we see you know like airports or any you know government buildings or where where you you got to go you already going through getting your body chance for for a, uh, a, a explosive device. We don't just we you know the public we see these things already where the public is already right. trained so they, to first, know, first the building. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. So that's where we that's where we see the immediate uh, you know COVID. But then as we build and grow and our profile grows as well, we we see to actually help America grow by you know taking the chance and invest more into you know uh, African American minority businesses. Um, so that's where we we really want to push. Yep. Fantastic. So Ali, uh, when will you launch your product? And and this is the product you're talking about, the one we have the the. Um, Cleaning the cleaning uh, process and checking for the COVID. So that's that's one of the products that you have that you just partner mm-hmm. with individual. Yeah, that that is really ingenious, yeah, so that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. I seen it and um, I seen what it was and I seen that uh, it, it, you know we we see the opportunity. So that will be coming in uh, July. We just have to get some uh, permits. Um, Right. Um, that will be in July, and then we're also releasing our our first product for uh, public block software, and that will be released. Uh, you know, again, um, the last week of July. You know, we might change it yeah. to the first week of August, depending. But you know, mm-hmm. yeah, right now we're we're on target for both of those releases, and yeah, that's where we're at now. Yep. 
your, your next 30 to 60 days are going to be really big. <laughs> My next 30, 60 days are like the most uh, intense. Uh, oh, you yeah. Know, it, it, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, intense part of my life right now. So this is this is this is the fun part, you know. Oh, yeah. definitely, definitely. Now, of mm-hmm. course, uh, we're both in the uh, 2020 Global Good Fund Fellowship Program. Uh, what is this experience mm-hmm. like for you as a member of the 2020 class and, and the impact it had on you from an entrepreneur leadership perspective and also as a social entrepreneur? I think for me it, it's been um, it's been interesting. I think the most most important part was just the coaching, right? Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Most of us, and it goes back to a, just a just overall to just how our education is set up. Most of us are not um, coach. Most of us are uh, put in environments where we're told to either lead or follow, right? Right. And Correct. if you work in a good, if you work in a great organization, if you go to like the military, they give you some basic training. They they explain you with the, you know, what leadership is and 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 give you a format for that. However, most right. of our most of our institutions don't teach us that. And I think it's it's good for if you're an emerging leader or you're a growing leader, social leader, it's good to just have those kind of evaluations. Right, so I think that's for been sure. the biggest in, uh, the biggest thing for me so far. Yep. Oh, fantastic, fantastic, and of course, uh, it's different for us because we do have the COVID, and it's, everything is more virtual. Whereas, for example, the summit that would have taken place in May would have been on property over there by Tyson's too, but uh, as a result of this, we uh, have the Strive and Survive um, uh, conference there because of the, the crisis that's at hand, but which is good because we want to, first of all, be alive. We want to stay safe, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then uh-huh. everything else takes place after that, but it's, uh, you know, a tremendous program. So, uh, Ali, uh, first of all, uh, I want to thank you for being a guest today, and one of the other things I would like for you to do is provide your contact information so that people can learn more about you if they want to reach out to you and uh to look at the services and products that you provide, if you could provide that contact information for yourself and your company for Public Block. All right. Thank, thank, thanks again. Um, so my company name is Public Block, so that's P-U-B-L-I-C-B-L-O-C, Public Block. You can find us um, on online at publicblock, as one word, dot I-O. Mm-hmm. And you can reach out to me at Ali at publicblock.io. Um, you can also find me on LinkedIn. Um, and um, I'm I'm open for any, you know, you can reach out to me, email me. I'm usually fast to respond. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and and that's, that's it. Oh, excellent. Outstanding. So, again, I really enjoyed this, and and one of the things I've really been enjoying about interviewing the the Global Good Fund Fellows is that I learned so much in that process, and I learned a lot today. And uh, I believe that you have a program and and your other other members of the staff that's uh, going to really do some phenomenal things in the next uh, 12 to 18 months uh, with that infrastructure because at some point, 
uh, that bill has to has to make it through because it's it's really needed and we're seeing infrastructure problems all over the place and that's just one aspect so I'm I'm wishing you the best for you and Public Block and I thank you very much for being our honored guest expert today and continued excellence and I look forward to connecting with you more in the future Ali. Thank you, Paul, and I really appreciate it. And thanks for anybody who took the time to listen. Okay, fantastic. All right, have a great day, uh, Ali, and I'll be in contact with you soon, my friend. Uh, have a wonderful day, and I'm going to end the show just after, uh, right at this time, okay? All right, take care. Bye. All right. Okay, have a great day, and thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Everyone, that was Ali Akil the co-founder of Public Block, and he's also the chief vision officer uh, that provided today a discussion on economic growth, and uh, he also discussed how to accelerate economic growth through enterprise software solutions. And uh, they, of course, put together some innovative, have an innovative platform that leverages blockchain and AI technology to raise capital and secure payments for infrastructure-related projects around the world. My name is Paul Lawrence Van, host of the Wealthy Speaker Show. My time is up, and I thank you for yours. I'll see you on another great episode of the Wealthy Speaker Show in the coming days. Have a great day, everyone, and thank you so much. Enjoy. Thank you for tuning in, listening in, and connecting with host Paul Lawrence Van and his guests. Encourage your family, friends, and colleagues to tune in to another episode of The Wealthy Speaker Show with Paul Lawrence Van.